Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers. And Houston Astros, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 or 133 LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111 on this. You got to be kidding me, Friday morning of footnotes. Thank you for Nick for filling in yesterday. I was... Um, at my uncle's funeral, my father's last brother who was living passed away on Sunday. And so we were, I was um, um, in sulfur. But anyway, um, I, I heard Nick say something. You know, Nick and I have known each other and been friends for a long time. We're both very passionate Saints fans. We don't always agree on, this, on, on sports some things we very much disagree. Some things we do agree upon. But one thing apparently we really disagree on, I think I heard Nick say, I'm a big Heisman guy. Anybody who knows, I, I think the Heisman trophy kind of encapsulates, encapsulates almost everything that's wrong with, with sports. The Heisman trophy today is just, just all. But anyway, um, I just was shocked. I knew that Nick and I looked at things differently, but the man said he's a big Heisman guy. Shocking. But anyway, um, so Raymond, I didn't even know, like, cats frontenaying all over the country these days, and apparently he was on the south side meeting bad, bad Leroy Brown uh, during the week. And, and so, and I don't blame him. I mean, he was there, and the Astros won Wednesday's game, and so he took credit for it. And I and I said, my response to him was, "Thank you for getting me a victory. I needed it." Uh, but next time, score more runs. That was my comment. But next time, score more runs. This three to two stuff is, man. For a while, for uh, lately, I, I kind of feel like I'm rooting for the 1980 Houston Astros. Can't score more than three runs. So, and of course, his response, and it was the proper one, don't be greedy. And then yesterday happened. I mean, it's just, you, I mean, you got to be kidding me. Now, look, like I've said many times, it's fun in the moment. I mean, it's when, you know, it's fun to watch guys get hits on your team. And it's really fun, and fun ain't even the word, important that Alex Bregman become Alex Bregman again. And I don't know if he's there, but he's he's heading down that road. I mean, he's he's been dry. Look, that look, the home runs are or what they were. I, you know, they 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 were in both inconsequential. The two home he had two what two run homers, I think it was. The, the, it, those are what they are. I mean, that's just uh, stat padding, but hopefully confidence building as well. 
But the thing that really impressed me is El Perro continues to struggle. And what was that? Either the third or the fourth inning. I think it was the third, maybe the fourth. I don't know. They were up one to nothing. Runners on second and third. One out. El Perro Grande strikes out. Can't happen. That, that's got to stop. And Bregman gets a clutch. Two out, two run double to right center. I love Again, I just like I like, I mean I'll, I'll take it anywhere, but I really like the right center part of it. And so it's um no, it's great. And you know, hopefully he can start hitting like an elite run producer like he was for a couple of years. And um I I don't know. I I can't explain all of him. I mean, you know, I think he had injuries. I, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know if the man's just fired up because he just had a kid. I mean, who knows? But I know this. It, it, it's great to see. So if they can get Icky's kind of been doing pretty. You know, he had a long slump. Icky had a slump, about five-week slump. And, I, again, I was a little worried, more worried about his slump than some slumps because he's got that weird swing. And I, and I, and I just have this paranoia that he's going to turn into – this backseat paranoia that he's going to turn into Cody Bellinger. Now, he's not the punk that B- Cody Bellinger is, but I'm, I'm out as a hitter. Um, I, I, I just have this bad feeling he's going to turn into Cody Bellinger who just got benched. But I, I, but he's come out of it. He's hitting line drives again. It's great to see. Now, El Perro's going through a slump. He's human. That happens. I'm not all that worried about it except for – Man, you you know, why when you're in a slump, and maybe this is a chicken or the egg thing, why when you're in a slump you can no longer just stand there and take pitches? I guess it goes into you're not seeing the ball for whatever reason like you were for the whole first half of the season when you were taking pitches and you weren't swinging at everything. Now he's not seeing it and he just swings at everything. I, I don't I don't get that. But anyway. Um, but if they can get El Perro back, they might actually have a chance to have a legitimate offense, a legitimate, a legitimately dangerous um, lineup. We'll see. And now, now you know Diaz got hurt, so I don't know what his deal is. You're going to have guys that can come off the bench like Vasquez and Diaz. You know, Dubon's even getting a couple hits. Where the whole <laughs> the whole first half, he didn't get hardly any hits. The guy was never on base. So, look, I, 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 you know me. I do not like scoring twenty-one. I don't like scoring ten runs. Really, I don't. I hate it. Now, unless unless I'm unless I'm giving up seven, eight, or nine, then I then I love scoring ten runs. But no, I, I like winning seven to two. You know. Eight to three, those kind of wins. Six to one, those are great victories. When you start, I mean, now again, it doesn't automatically mean you're going to lose. It's just it greatly enhances your chances that you're not going to score a lot of runs, and and more importantly, you're not going to get a lot of hits. So what you have to hope for, especially when you do something outrageously silly like they did yesterday, um. You got to hope the other team walks 
walks you because that doesn't, you know, walks are free. It's like a, you know, they're like, you know, Monopoly, get out of jail free card. Walks are free. Hit batsman, free. You know, getting a bunch of hits again probably is not going to happen. So you're going to you're gonna have to hope he gets some walks, hope the other team makes some errors, which the Braves are really good. So I don't know if any of this stuff's going to happen. Um, and hope that if you only get five, six, seven hits, that they're very timely hits and you can win a game three to two or two to one. That's what you hope for. Um, the Astros, it, it was, it, it's, you know, obviously the first two games were just gut punches. You, you know, they led for like 85 to 90% of that four game series in Chicago. And yet they split. So on one hand, you can say, man, they weren't that far away from sweeping the White Sox four games. That's true, but didn't happen. But, um. Astros, again, have not had a losing road trip all season. All season. And now, to avoid their first losing road trip, which would not be the end of the world. I'm not saying it's the end of the world. Um, To avoid the first losing road trip, they got to win two out of three in Atlanta, which is, you know, theoretically possible, but going to be quite a chore. Right now, uh, obviously you want to win every game once the first pitch is thrown. But right now, man, I don't know. You know how they, you know how when you play them game shows and you say, okay, you've got $75,000. Do you want to put it all on the line and go for $150,000? And this fat boy always says, take the money and run, cat. Take the money and run. What you going to put it all on the line for? The cat's giving you 75 grand. Don't be greedy. So right now, as an Astro fan, going into this three-game series at Atlanta, if I tell you now, you're guaranteed to win one game. Would you take it? Because the risk is you could you could shock the world and win all three. I mean, the Astros have swept teams before. It's not like it's impossible. Not saying it's impossible. Is it likely? No, not likely at all. But it's not impossible. So would you take that chance? You know, if you. Things go your way. You get some clutch hits. You could win two out of three. But when you have the lead the Astros have, I understand you you won't be able to say, well, we haven't lost any road. But, but what does that even mean? I mean, it's nice to say. It shows consistency. But in the end, I don't know how important that is. Um. And so I, uh, I I don't know. I think I might take it. If you told me right now you're guaranteed one win, would you take it? Obviously, this is fantasy world. I'm I'm talking about. It's not reality. But I I, I think I take I think I take it. Because am I a little worried about getting swept? Yeah, a little worried, a little worried, especially after scoring 21 runs. And so. 
And again, even worse, they got like 25 hits. That's worse than scoring 25 runs, getting that many hits. That's just like they set a franchise. You don't ever want to set records. That just angers the piper. So you don't want any part of that deal. Oh, man. Bad, bad. Pas bon. Pas bon. Pas bon, pas bon, pas bon. But it had to feel good in the moment, and it did, just because it's been such a struggle. And so to score runs. So and and the White Sox fans are kind of on the brutal side. And they're then they're, they're a little on the cocky side as a team. I mean, Tim Anderson leads the parade and he's not there right now. Speaking of the White Sox and Tim Anderson, boy, I'm glad this did didn't happen until yesterday. Oh Astro Kicker killer. Elvis Andrews got picked up by the White Sox. Astros are done with the White Sox this year unless they play them in the postseason, which would be a good reason for me not wanting to play the White Sox in the postseason because they got Elvis Andrus on that team. Astros can't get that guy out. And so um, it's uh, interesting, and I think that's a great pickup because Tim Anderson is going to be, be out a while. They were playing this rookie, Gonzalez, who, you know, I, you don't know if you can count on that guy. He looked, eh, okay. And so Elvis Andrus, that's kind of rejuvenate him. Uh, he'll be a great leader. He's played in a lot of postseason playoff runs and pennant chases in his career. And so that I, I thought was a was a great job by the White Sox. And why the A's just released him, I don't know. You know, the A's must, he must have asked to be released. Like, why would they just get rid of him? Trade deadline's over. You know, it's, so it just seems like they should just shouldn't have done that, but they did. And uh, it was a good pickup by the White Sox. And I think as much of a struggle as this whole season has been for the White Sox, and I'm not a Tony La Russa guy, so I kind of like the fact that that's the case. Um, I, um, I, I I think a lot of people are starting kind of starting to feel they're going to still win the division. Now, the, the Guardian, they play the Guardians this weekend on the road. Big weekend series starting to, you know, you're a little bit on the hair past midway point in August. Big weekend series. But I think most people now are starting to think the White Sox are going to win that division. But I don't trust the Twins. They, I don't know what it is about the Twins. I just don't trust them. I, um, but the Guardians would not shock me. Uh, I do, I do kind of trust that they're going to keep their, you know, keep a decent level to play up and make a good run at it. But I still think the White Sox have too much starting pitching and they have a legit closer. So we'll see. But of course, so do the Guardians. So it's uh, it's going to be a good race. Big weekend series there. All right. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, we will talk a little more baseball. I haven't exhausted that yet. And uh, again, open phone lines for two hours today. The game hotline, 706-0111, We're going to get to the NFL and some college issues as well when we come back. Footnotes on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. Love 
that's because you've already found the perfect match. For Sports Talk Love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706 0111-706-0111. If you would like to get in, talk Major League Baseball, college football. I mean, um, you know, we are still in the CIA portion of college football. And so we in about another two weeks, we'll start actually having tangible things to talk about. Um and 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 so it's getting closer where uh, we, it's not just a humongous guessing game um, in college football. It's possible that by you know I'm hope I'm I would think by a week from now we'll know some of these starting quarterback battles. Um, not totally possible, not totally guaranteed. I I can remember back in 2011 when Coach Hud first got here. He, he played the silly CIA game, college game, and um, Cajuns went to Oklahoma State, and nobody, he had now, still had a now. We, we didn't know until the guy walked onto the field who was the start, who the starting quarterback was going to be. I mean, it was, it was a total, you know, trying to keep the other team guessing thing the whole time. So, and it may change. And I, I've i been kind of throwing this out while we're on this subject having to do with the Cajuns. I've been kind of throwing that out since Sunbelt Conference Media Day. Asked Coach Dez the question, and he did not dismiss it, which kind of the antenna went up for me and when that happened. And that was doing things similarly to how the Cajuns did it in Coach Napier's first year as the head coach of the Cajuns, which, as you remember, Andre Nunez was the starter. And Levi Lewis played, I think it was Andre would play three series and then Levi would come in, and then Andre played three series, and then Levi would come in no matter the results. No pulling. Everybody knows their role. There's no question marks. There's no... This is just the way it is. And so, you know, not that dissimilar to basketball or hockey, which I don't really know anything about. But I know players go in and out. Like in basketball, even your best player, you know, he goes in and out. Uh, In football, you don't need that as much because, you you know, you can take rest while the other, you know, either the defense or the offense is on the field. When basketball, you kind of – you're playing offense and defense, so you need a you need a break here and there, and so that 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 naturally happens then. And I I I kind of think that's what's going to happen. I've kind of had that in the back of my mind all along because it goes, it fits right in with the rest of the of the team's philosophy. Like this, since Coach Napier got here. And it is being extended now. You know, they're changing some things, but not everything. 
And they strongly believe if you are competing well and you're doing the right things and you practice well and you compete well and you have X amount of talent, you're going to play. Now, how much, you know, it's all relative, but you're going to play. And so they do that for every other position on the field, except for maybe kicker. But even then, sometimes someone will be the kickoff guy, someone will be the the field goal kicking guy. There's ways to split it up a little more in the kicking game, um, except for quarterback. You know, we most, a lot of people, you can do all the right things, you can be just as good, and then you never play like the, no other position does that. And so I kind of expect that to happen, but we'll see. We'll see if it really how it how it plays out you know it's all a guessing game right now again the game hotline is 7060111706011 i said there was a few more baseball issues i wanted to discuss man the yankees won a game in dramatic fashion and again i, I i'm i'm saying this not to throw eggs at the yankees but to continue to make a point that I, I, you know, that I struggle with each year with, with the bulk of the national media and and and, and the people who buy into what they say. If the Yankees had not hit a grand slam in the tenth inning the other night and lost that game to Tampa, they'd be seven up. Their lead would be down to seven. You say, well, that's seven games. You can overcome seven games in a month and a half. You can. I mean, you can do it in a month. You can overcome seven games in a month. So, and again, the Yankees look, and I still think they're going to win the division. Don't get me wrong. But if they had not won that game the other night, and, and, and things can change. I mean, in three days, you can make up three games. It could happen. Um. The Rays are starting to play with a little more consistency. Had they had they swept the Yankees, it, it would be it would be realistic that the Yankees would not even win the division. And they looked completely uncatchable a month ago, obviously, for you know. But again, it just goes to show you this whole idea that people that you know that we in June make these rash generalizations on these teams and these races just just drives me crazy. I hate when they do that. Hate it, but <clears throat> but so it's you know I still they're gonna get hot again. They're not gonna keep playing talking about the Yankees this way constantly for the rest of the season. It just doesn't work that way. I mean the Oakland A's get hot, so the Yankees are still better than the Oakland A's, and so we'll see how that plays out. But it's um wow um. The Rays are waking up, and they're about to get healthy. So I, I kind of feel good about their chances. The Blue Jays still, they can't seem to figure it out, the Blue Jays. Can't seem to do it. So I don't know what to think about them. I, I think the Guardians are going to finish strong. I think the Twins are going to finish strong. I think the Mariners are going to finish strong. Not the Twins, the White Sox. I think the... Um, I think the Mariners are going to finish strong. I think the Mariners are going to finish with the third best record in the in the in American League, but we'll see. Still got forty something games to go. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. How are you? Man, Kevin, I'm 
I'm uh, doing okay, man. There's been a lot of things going on in my life. And, you know, I, I just wanted to check back in with you, let you know I was still alive. And, uh, you know, I'm getting back in my routine, you know, with my job is. So it takes me a little while to get my, my people back in order. So, you know, I've been spot listening to you. And so I wanted to call in today and check in and uh, just uh, – the other day I listened to you for a minute, and you were worried about an off-road trip, or, you know, so uh, I, I wanted to tell you to come on, you know, snap back in and get back to the So side. would you take it? I don't know if you heard my deal earlier. Would you take the one guaranteed win, or would oh. you or would you push yeah. all your chips in and want to go for two or three? <laughs> Kevin, since you got the best record in the American League, I think you know, you should push your chips in. But, you know, being a conservative you know, guy like myself, I probably would just go for the, take the one win. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, like I said, you got, the, you got the best team in the American League. You should probably think you're going to beat everybody. But, you know, you and I both have those same conservative thoughts. I just wanted to tell you that, you know, the whole high school season is, is upon us, Kevin. Went to Watch a little uh, three-team scrimmage on Wednesday with the Abbeville Wildcats, the Crow Bears, and Bullbridge Tigers. And, uh, of course, yesterday took in the Pirates and the uh, Eunice Bobcats. So everything's rolling, man. You know, it's, a, it's, it's that time of year. It's the greatest, you know, as they say, it's the most wonderful time of the year when football and baseball are both, both going on at the same time. Don't get any better than that, Kevin. All right, Doesn't so 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 let me that. let me ask you, Manny, before you go, you, you still sold on Ian Book? Oh, Kevin, God, you know it's just it, it, we're just and, and I, I listen to you know everybody and well you know come on now Ian Book he's just a second year guy. Listen, that would be great if we didn't waste up. Third, what, what was it? Fourth round? What Fourth, was, yeah. Draft pick? If we didn't waste a draft pick, if he was an undrafted free agent, you know, we wasted a draft pick on somebody that could be on your football team possibly and contribute. It, it just, I, 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 I never understand the genius. Uh, you know, I just don't, you know, he's been down that road before with some of these guys he drafted. But, uh, Kevin, he, he said, that's just incredible. You, I don't understand why you would be on a roster. He, and uh, and I, the sad thing is, you, Jameis ain't playing again tonight. And, you right? know, Andy Dalton ain't going to play much. And so now we're going right? to – I mean, it's like – not that the preseason is anything, but any enjoyment you're going to get out of the preseason is gone because all we got to – we get to watch <laughs> Ian Book all the time for exactly three straight because games. you can't even tell what some of these other guys are capable of doing because Ian Book. Ian Book. Ian Book is in there just throwing a monkey wrench into the whole thing, Kevin. You know, it, it, and somebody the other day on Facebook actually insulted Bobby Scott by comparing him to Bobby Scott. Like, Bobby, Bobby Scott, Scott was, was way was, better than Ian was, Book. Bobby Scott was ten times the quarterback oh. that Ian Book is. At least. that's And that might be slighting Bobby Scott. 
Oh, man. Well, I tell you what, though. Every time I hear Bobby Scott's name, it just makes me laugh. I just I just love saying that name, Bobby Scott. Well, yeah, and like you said last year, you could just see his face right in that helmet. His big Glenn Campbell face. <laughs> Ugly version of Glenn Campbell. That's what he looked like. Oh, Kevin, you got the nail on the head, man. Okay, Kevin, you're going to let you know I was back, and uh, I'll be listening. All right. Chat, man. Y'all have a great weekend. Take care. He just, he looked like he could be Glenn Campbell's little brother, Bobby Scott. Got that big hair and big cheeks. Bobby Scott. Well, I wish Bobby Scott could throw the ball instead of Ian Book tonight. Oh, man. So, we haven't got, I, you know, We'll, we'll, in the second hour, we'll get to the Saints preseason game again. It, all the, all the, you know, it's preseason, so it's all relative. But all the enthusiasm I have for watching the minute I realized, and I don't know why I didn't realize this before, but the minute after that one drive when Andy Dalton went, I'm like, we're going to be watching Ian Book for three games. Ian Book. Now maybe this cat Costello's been around enough to play a quarter or so. Last week, he had only been there for like two days or something. So, you know, they really couldn't just throw him out there. Ian Book. Can you imagine? We're going to have to watch that cat for four quarters tonight. Ian Book, or at least three quarters. Just brutal. Just brutal. Now, the other option is you could listen to the Astros. Astros will be playing the Braves. Uh, I don't know. Do you know the starting time for that? It's like it's it's Braves Eastern time, so it's probably like 6.15, maybe 6.20 or something like that. 6.20? Okay, 6.20 first pitch, and you can hear all that action right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. will take a timeout. Come back with you. On footnotes, stay tuned. Camara bobbles it at the 20. He reels it in, and he's got the ball. What a catch by Camara. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And your home for the NFL. Welcome back to footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Before we get back to it, want to remind you about the ultimate tailgate giveaway. You could win this incredible prize of $500 to chop specialty meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, $500 Visa gift card, tickets to UL football games, tickets to LSU football games, and more. Enter the game rewards club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today, and you could win the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. Again, it is a Friday. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, the Braves beat the Mets yesterday. So what did the Mets win? Four out of five 
at home and then lost three out of four on the road. And the thing that is so uh, – so the Braves, if I remember seeing it correctly, the Braves are three and a half back, same distance between the Astros and the Yankees right now. But the thing that is so remarkable, and again, it's just hard to explain some of this stuff. The the Mets don't win very often when Jacob DeGrom pitches. They're like they're like slightly under five hundred team when DeGrom pitches. Like there's you can't you can't hardly explain that. Like, and you know, it's like, well, we got this great pitcher on the hill. And so we're just not going to score any runs. It's like we're just going to put it all on his shoulders. So if he ever gives up two or three runs in a game, like the team loses. I mean, it's incredible. In the last couple of years, I mean, like literally, I don't even know if they're a 500 team. They're like a hair under 500. Got to win the games. You know, I've said I, I, I have a lot of thoughts that people think are off the wall. But – with all of these statistics, the one statistic that's there, you you see it every once in a while, but I think it should be prominent. What is your team's record when this guy's the starting pitcher? That's what's the most important thing. What is the team's record when this guy's the starting pitcher? Now, the team can lose a game and it not be the starting pitcher's fault. I get that. But still, I mean, that's the most important thing. Like, why? If you're an ace pitcher, you, you cannot pitch poorly and lose a game, but you still didn't outpitch the other guy. Your job is to outpitch the other guy. Now, you can outpitch him and still lose. I get that. The bullpen can blow up. All kind of stuff can happen. But if you lose two to one, you got outpitched. So I I don't know it's it, it I if I you know it's I understand people say well they got Scherzer and Degrom yeah but the Astros win way more when Urquidy pitches than when uh the, the Mets win when Degrom pitches it doesn't make any sense but that's the that's kind of the way it is it's crazy all right let's go to the game hotline and talk to a man who apparently knew that Tony Gonsolin was going to be the best pitcher in all in the whole world this year he knew that. How about Tyler Anderson? Oh, that's, that's, another, that's another case. How could that, that be? No, how can that happen? Explain that to me. How <laughs> how does that happen? I don't know. It's hard to explain. And you, uh, you see that a lot. I mean, it's not just uh, something you're just talking about, a random thing that happens a lot, Kevin. And it's been happening a lot for a long time. What you talking about, the the, the Grom thing or the uh, no, getting... no, 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 people, uh, guys getting great records and it's, uh, having like a 15-2 and two record, but that's it, and really ain't worth nothing because the team just seems to play good when he's pitching. It's just weird. It's to me that pitcher is good. Yeah. And, and you see that a lot. But, anyway, Kevin, you know, you know, you call my team the phone, and, I, you know, I kinda, I'm, I'm kind of riding with it. I think it's kind of cute that you call him that. But I, you know what I'm calling your team now? Instead of, you know, you eat the Cheetos? Well, I'll call you the, the Cheetos. Because what's going on with that Bregman thing? At second base, and they they balking and or the uh, the other teams uh, uh, let him go to third or balking him to third. Well, that's so not cheating. That, that that's that again. That I don't know what y'all think baseball is. That that has been going on in baseball for 150 years. When you got a runner at second, you try to tell that your hitter what is being called. 
But that is something I ain't never seen before, though. Out there, just spinning into third base. But I don't understand it at all. Okay, again, the, the Ranger manager that was just fired said that Bregman might be the best he has ever seen at doing that. Again, that's a baseball skill, just like running and hitting this. So there's no cheating involved at all. The other thing is just change it up. Now it's it doesn't make any sense to me because now they got this new way of doing it where they're not even using signals. So well, I, I don't understand. I've never understood. Just change it up. Well, all, 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 all he's telling the batter in the box is location. That's it. That's all he can be telling them. Or maybe, or maybe he's looking at the grip of the pitcher uh, uh, has in the glove. Now, the that's guy. part of it, too. Yeah, that's part of it. Well, again, that's your job to make sure you don't know that they don't know that. Okay. Is Bregman the first guy that's able to do this in the history of Major League Baseball? Well, no, I it's been it. going on for 150 years. It's just but, that apparently he's really, really, really good at it. Evidently, but you know, Kevin, you know, it's just like you know, the thing happened with Watergate. You know, things. You know, sometimes when somebody's getting accused of something, you know, that old adage where they smoke their pot. All I'm saying. Well, no. Again, we we already know what it is, but again, it's not illegal. It's part of the game, just like hitting and running and throwing. It's always been part of the game. That's why I just don't this whole. Sign stealing thing just it doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, but tell me this before I let you go. Have you ever seen what they're doing to Bregman ever done in any other players before? I haven't. Have you? I, I don't know that I've seen it. No. All right, have a good day. Thanks. Um, but again, all you gotta do now they got technology. You know, Scherzer got all upset because you know, he didn't want to use this technology at the beginning. He thinks it's cheating. See, in Scherzer's opinion. What baseball is now legalized where you got the little thing with the pitcher and the catcher and they can, he thinks that, he calls that is cheating in his mind. What Bregman's doing is part of the game. See, the Nationals beat the Astros in the World Series because they weren't worried about all that. It's part of the game. Just switch it up. That's part of the game. It's kind of like when you're on football and you're on the sideline and you got all these silly signals and some guys are standing in front of Trying to steal the other people's signal. That's all part of the game. You got to do a better job of hiding it. But why why is it even an issue with Bregman? Just use the little machinery that Scherzer calls cheating. I I don't get that. To me, this is an easy fix. But yeah, to FedEx man's point, it's it's, it's crazy. And you can tell what's going on, for those of you who don't know, when Bregman gets on second base of late, several teams, they're automatic. If you drop the ball when you're on the mound, then it's a balk. The base runners advance. So what teams are doing is if third base is open, they just drop. The pitcher just automatically drops the ball because they don't want Bregman to steal the sign or steal, like he, like he mentioned, you know, the grip, the pitcher grip how he's gripping the ball, indicating maybe what pitch he's going to throw or location or all those kind of things. And so he didn't want the Bregman to tell the batter what's coming, so they're just dropping the ball on purpose and letting him go to third base because they're giving up. Well, this guy's better than us at this, so we're just giving up. (laughs) Just use the cheating device that baseball gives you. (laughs) I don't understand it. Seems simple. Again, even even – 
when we lost to the to the Nationals in the World Series, they just switched everything up. Why can't other teams switch it up? I don't understand that. I don't get it. I never did. The whole thing never made any sense to me. It still doesn't. Just switch it up. Well, we have to work hard. Oh, okay. Work hard. I mean, uh, uh, we have to work harder against the Astros than everybody else. So say. I don't really believe that, but so say. Even if you buy, okay, okay we'll work hard. Okay. You're sitting there anyway. Why not do something? I, I, no, it, this doesn't make any sense. It just. Why Bregman's so good at that? I have no idea. But again, going back to I've covered high school baseball for years, covered college baseball, and I've always heard about guys who just sit on the bench and that's all they do. They just try to sell signs all day. And some of them are really good at it. There's somebody in my mind, I'm not going to say his name, he may not want his name said, that um, a lot of you know, and he was really good at it. But that doesn't, that's not cheating, just don't understand. I, I don't. I don't think people understand with base, baseball. I just don't think people understand baseball. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back. Finish out the first hour. Next on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers in the Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you about the Orneville Volunteer Fire Department cookoff, Black Pot cookoff, Saturday, September the 10th. Cooking begins at 8 a.m., the eating at noon. There'll be lots of great music, including Gerald Grunig and Gentile Zydeco, Dustin Saunier, and Sweet Cecilia. For more information, visit ornevillefire.org. We don't often do this, but we're going to end this final segment. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? Howdy, sir. I'm just calling to say why, when you think Major League Baseball is going to get over the thing that the, uh, I still don't say they cheated, but that's what's the thing about it. Every time the Astros do something good, they say they're cheating to get where they're trying to get. It's always yeah, about I, them cheating. It, they never cheated. I don't think they ever cheated. Well, again, they, they, were, they were doing things that baseball thought was too far other many other teams i don't i guess you can never say all other teams but you know there's certainly been plenty of suggestions slash proof that the yankees and the red Sox and the rockies and the punks and the um and i i still think the cardinals were doing it under la russa because beltron was playing there before he even went to the yankees before he was doing it with the yankees and then brought it to the astros so yeah at some point technology became different in baseball and baseball had to adjust and a lot of teams were taking advantage of the technology parts of baseball and the Astros just picked the stupidest way to do it and uh and, and I I don't know I don't worry about it cuz the bottom line is the ignorance of fans all over the country the ignorance of the media all over the country actually has helped the Astros because they when they they go on the road, it hasn't hurt them. They got the best road record in baseball since then, the best road record in baseball. So all these ignorant baseball ignorant morons all over the country, all they're doing is helping the Astros. I know you're fixing to have to go to a break, but I want to ask you one more quick question, uh, Alvin Kamara. You think he's going to make the whole year playing before they suspend him? I hope. 
Me too. Yeah. Have a good day. Oh, thanks. thanks. You know, a lot of people believe that Z28 is not going to get suspended this year. I don't know. Um, you know, the interesting part of that is the fantasy part of it. Um, he could be he could drop in some fantasy drafts if people think that he might get suspended. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what do they call it? His ADP is all that fancy fantasy jargon that um, I don't really talk about to use very often. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that play. I think he's gonna, but again, I don't know. I, I mean, who knows? All I know is I've been saying this could be a year where the Saints are going to get the breaks. Well, I'm trying to convince myself that the Deshaun Watson situation is is not such a bad thing when it comes to the Saints, but it kind of is. Because remember, the Browns own the Saints. They have forever, so I don't really like that. He's going to be playing against the Saints if he's healthy. That'll do it for the first hour, another hour to follow on the game. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome. Back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, um, open phone lines, the game hotline. You can call the entire hour, again, 706-0111. Um, we've talked a little bit about the Saints preseason game. You know, it's totally different, the, the dynamic of this preseason game than a lot of the other ones because, again, uh, if you haven't heard from earlier this week, the Saints have been up in near Canada uh, all week long practicing, held two practices on Tuesday and Wednesday against the Packers. So these teams kind of know each other so it kind of changes the dynamic of this matchup tonight really in a lot of ways not that who wins matters it doesn't matter but it um I don't know it just kind of changes and there you know there's a little more recent history with each other uh and there was some uh you know I don't know short tempers a couple of situations in these little scrimmages with other teams and which is not unusual and and now they're going to be playing this game so you never really know what impact is going to be but I, I would think that it like from a play calling standpoint do you mix it up do you do this just the same thing you did Tuesday and Wednesday and just see if you executed better I, I don't know it just kind of changes the dynamic of it for a preseason game but you know it is what it is. I again the bad thing. It's fun if you have a young quarterback who's like your third string guy and you think he's pretty good, you know, or like like the equivalent of like you know Batman when he first got here four or five years ago. It's like like that was it's fun watching him in the, in a preseason game that doesn't matter. It's not fun watching Ian Book. It's just. 
It's just not fun at all. But, you know, it kind of is what it is. So you have to – I the kind of things that I'm going to be looking for tonight is um, – are the off is the offensive line which struggled a lot in the second half against the Texans and apparently had its struggles at times against the Packers. How are they going to do? Is Abram Smith going to play before the fourth quarter in terms of running the ball? You know, if you believe some of the camp analysis, Dwayne Washington's way ahead of the rest of the bunch. Dwayne Washington. I, 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 I didn't want to hear that. He's too sideways to me, Dwayne Washington. I need you to run north and south, Cat. None of that sideways stuff. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, Mr. Kevin. Good morning, sir. I have a answer to everybody who thinks it's cheating on the Astros. Back in 2014, whenever I was in high school, we used to have practices. I'm not kidding you. We'd have practices where we would take a lead at second base. You'd have a, a batter in the box, and you'd have a catcher. you look at the signs. Most of the time in high school, it's either a fastball or off speed. So whenever you take your lead, if you can see that sign, if it was a fastball, you had, whenever you took your lead, you would put your hands on your knees to let the batter know that's a fastball. If it would be off speed, You'd hang, your, you'd hang your hands below your knees while you're taking your lead for off speed. And that's what I had to take on it. And another thing is, too, what I find a lot of analysts don't realize, even if you know the pitch, you still got to hit it. And at the professional level, an average fastball is 95 to 100 with a lot of movement. That's hard to hit. So if you ain't never seen that before in a batter's box, go ahead and try and see it. Because even if you know the pitch – most of the time, three, like a good average, three out of ten. Three out of ten times, they get a hit. That's all I have to say on it. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, again, yeah. there's no question. Thank you. Uh, the, 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 there's no question about that. Now, you know, the hit thing, that's something that they used to say in the steroid era. And it's true. I mean, um, even if you're on steroids, performance-enhancing drugs, you still got to hit home runs. Now, if you hit it, theoretically, it might go a little further. Uh, the fact that you've got popcorn parks like Yankee Stadium and the pretty good American ballpark, and you know though, that doesn't help. Citizens Bank in these ballparks that are not what they were years ago when, you know, what was it in the polo grounds? 450 center field. I mean, you know, it wouldn't have mattered if them cats were on steroids. Of course, at the same time, down the line, it was like two-something. So, you know, parks were were built differently back then. But, no, I, I don't you – know, all, all that whining and cheating stuff is just it's, – it's just silly. I mean, really, the, the, the really – the people who should really be mad is the Astro fans for all of this silliness. Although, again, in the end – there's frustrating conversations to be had. There's frustrating Facebook posts to, to endure. But in the end, it's actually helped the Astros because they just get sick of all the silliness and they play better on the road, it seemed like. It seemed like it's actually helped the Astros, all of that silliness. But but what I was going to say is the, one that, the ones that really should be mad at the Astros because why did you pick such a stupid way to do it? I mean... <laughs> Just stupid way to do it. 
I mean, they they caught on film the Yankees and Red Sox. They were just mouthing it. They were just telling them. They they just they didn't pick. They didn't have a stupid bang thing. That was so stupid. But anyway, I didn't mean. I didn't think we'd be talking about that today. But um, that's okay. Game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. So I wanted to, you know, again, I, I'm talking about the Saints the Saints game. When I, I really, really, really want to see Abram do well. I'm not – I don't dislike Dwayne Washington. He's done a great job at special teams. I don't trust him being the main running back guy. Now, he's, he's certainly a veteran. And to be fair, had he played for someone else and the Saints had picked him up, I would be saying, well, he's a veteran. And he is. But it's not the kind of runner I like. Now, I think he's capable, like he did last week, catching a screen pass and making people miss. And, um, and you know, that, that east-west side-to-side stuff, kind of matters a little more on screen passes than it does when you're just running downhill in a running situation. So I'm, I don't think he's terrible. I don't think the Saints can't win if he's their backup running back. And again, when I say that, I look at, in my mind, Z28 is a star, is one and Superman is 1A because, I mean, at times they're on the field at the same time. At times one of them's on the sideline because they you, you rotate running backs in and out and the other guy's in. It's not the same as like a backup quarterback. So to me, your number two running back is like a starter. It's kind of like your third cornerback. On a lot of plays, he's in the game that matter. He's not just in there if the guy gets hurt. And so, to me, the backup running back is what um, is what I call. Some people call it the third string running back. I think that's very deceiving. I don't buy that. I think technically it's correct in terms of just viewing a a depth chart, but I don't think it's correct in terms of how players are used in today's game. You know, it, it, this isn't 1980 where you had your one running back and he just ran it over and over and over and over and over. It's not how it works. It just the game's not played that way anymore. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Howdy, sir. Yes, sir. Just to let you know, I don't know if you knew or not, Leonard Marshall next month on the 26th is going into the New York Giant Ring of Honor on a Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's going in with Otis Anderson, and I think Dave may get in two or three more. Uh I, I did I not know that, and, and he, he was responsible for one of the great plays in NFL history when he crushed Joe Montana's face on a sack. And so, uh, yes, I uh, – pardon me for cursing on the air. But it's um, – but, no, it's funny that you mentioned O.J. Anderson because I was just about to use him as an, ex- use him as an example of, you know, a running back who usually would get the ball over and over and over again in that era. And, no, it's, it's great to hear um, – Obviously, um, you know, he, he, he has Franklin Roots and, and LSU. No doubt about and, it, yeah. uh, Kevin. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And, uh, no, yes, I mean, yeah, Dad said I have Franklin Roots. That's why he was raised and born and everything. And maybe you could get an interview with him before he gets into the ring of honor. Uh, 
So just yes. That and is... one more thing, they keep on saying Ian Book is so horrible. We got a quarterback sitting right here in Lafayette that the Redskins never gave him an opportunity to even perform during uh, practice. Cole Kelly. I wish the Saints would pick up Cole Kelly and see what Cole could do. So well, I'd we'll rather see. I'd rather watch Cole than Ian Book. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying All right. that. Yeah. So. <laughs> no doubt. Yes. All right, then, Kevin. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Thank you. No, Leonard Marshall, no, it's uh, certainly deserved uh, to go into the – so congratulations to him and his family and those who, who, who are his friends. Great great respect for that family and, and what, the, what, the, what they've done. Um, don't really know him personally, but no friends of theirs. And, you know, um, Leonard's brother Kenny is on Facebook fairly often, so I enjoy a lot of his posts, and he's a great guy. He's called the, the show before, and great guy. So, uh, no, congratulations to them. I, um, uh, you know, Jim Burt, when I hear Jim Burt's name, Hear Leonard Marshall's name, ooh, it always does my heart good. I, I've said it before, the relationship between the Saints and the Midgets, it, it, it's a it's just a complicated one. Like, you know, that, that 1987 game, uh, I mean the 1988 game where Fred Silva cheated and the, and the Giants won 13-12, to 12, I, I, was, I still haven't overcome that. Still haven't gotten past that one. The um the the right after nine eleven game where of course the Saints had to beat a team to go play the Giants the Sunday after nine eleven and they called seventy five flags on them for like three thousand yards uh, with Terry McCauley as the white hat you know that game uh, I still can have occasional nightmares of that game where they went up to play the Giants on the road and the Giants set like the all-time record for kickoff return, you know, yardage and touchdowns in a game. You know, that one uh, a little bit a few years after that where the Saints went up there and they were winning and they they called this phantom hole call on a screen to Superman out of the I still don't know where the hole was and they lost that game frustrating game cuz they blocked a field goal and ran it back for a touchdown. It's just but in the middle of on the flip side of that, you've got um you know, there's no you can't beat the great forty nine as kicking field goals. No. And they and 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 the cheaters got crushed at Cheeto Stick fifteen to thirteen on five field goals. That is just tremendous. And then, you know, they when uh when the Patriots were trying to Get got the Piper angry and we're trying to go undefeated and 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 the Giants beat them and then they beat them in that other game. That was just tremendous, tremendous stuff. So the Giants and my me and the Giants kind of it's a it's a very mixed bag. A lot of anguish, a lot of um, petty joy. Let's put it that way, having <laughs> it because of of the Giants. So and Leonard Marshall was in the middle of a lot of that. So again, yeah, congratulations to him for that honor and I'm, I'm sure they'll have fun that all right let's do this we'll take a time out come back continue to get into a it's a second scrimmage college weekend so i'm sure some big decisions are going to be made uh, by college coaches around the country including you know these parts with the cajuns and the tigers and the cowboys and then 
We also going into a big weekend of Major League Baseball around these parts. A lot of Braves fans, a lot of Astro fans. They played in the World Series last year. They're both coming off of just extremely interesting and intriguing and uh, back and forth, four-game series. And now they're going to play this weekend. And um, and then also, you know, NFL Saints play tonight. And uh, some big decisions are going to be made personnel-wise with that as well. So we'll discuss a lot of those things. When we come back on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Yellow. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you, high school football. Manny mentioned it at the end of last hour. Some people yesterday, the day before. Uh, jam- uh, not jamboree, scrimmages. And then next week will be Jamboree week. So high school football is almost here. Delta Media is going to be your home for all kind of great high school football action. Here's the lineup. St. Thomas Moore will be heard right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette. The Acadiana Wrecking Rams will be on MeTV FM 97.7. Karen Crow Golden Bears on Z1059 FM. Southside Sharks on Mustang 107.1 FM. Vermilion Parish 106.3 Radio Lafayette. The Vermilion Parish Game of the Week. The St. Landry Parish Game of the Week on News Talk 98.5 FM. And the Bar Bucks over in Calcasieu Parish where I was yesterday on the game 104.1 Lake Charles. So, all kinds of great high school football that you'll hear on our family of stations throughout the fall, and it's getting it's getting close. So we'll be talking starting next week. Some, you know, a lot of a lot a lot of high school football for sure, and um, start talking about those races and 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 how things are going to look shape up. I, I'm still, a, you know, I I get the the whole power ratings and wild cards and all that. I think it's good. I'm not saying we need to go back, but I, I still kind of missed a, and I still use district races as the basis for how I look at high school football. And I know a lot of people don't do that anymore, but I, I still kind of do. So uh, we'll be talking about that as the fall goes on again. The game hotline is 706 0111 we are um, got a Saints again Saints preseason game against the Packers tonight. I think I heard someone say Aaron Rodgers is going to play a series or two. Um, we'll see how that plays out. Um, if Andy Dalton has a, anything close to the same kind of series this week that he did on Saturday night then, you know, people are already in la-la land about Andy Dalton. And, you know, again, I'm I'm no Ian Book fan. You know that. 
But I'm also, now I got to tell you, not a huge fan of Andy Dalton. I like the fact that the Saints have a veteran quarterback as a backup. I totally believe in that. I think it's silly to have your backup be a young kid. I think that's silly. Uh, So I love the fact that your backup quarterback is a veteran um, for what he can do for your starter during games and during practice and all of that, as well as um, if he comes in, he's not going to be intimidated. And I don't think he'll get intimidated, but I still am not nearly as enamored with his skill set like everyone else is. Hopefully we get to see him have some, you know, some great drives in preseason games and then never see him again other than you can't miss all that red when you look at the sideline when he has his helmet off for sure. But other than that, I'm not nearly as high on him as a lot of other people, but I appreciate his experience for sure. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. What's going on, Kev? How are you, sir? Oh, I tell you what, Ian Book wouldn't have gave up a walk-off grand slam. Oh, you think he? he what he would have done was – He'd have, uh, he'd, have, he'd have forced in a run with a ball four, but that would have at least gotten another pitcher in the game who might not have given up the grand slam. That's true. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, but we could have – sorry, I still haven't recovered from that loss. You could be seven wanna, back right now with a month and a half to go. Correct. And people keep telling me I, I need to not worry about it. Like, <laughs> we've pulled this off before. It, oh, it it's been done many times. Yeah. It it's been done many times, yes. I mean, I, I would, you know, I just want to make the playoffs. But I mean, if I can, if they want to give up the division, I, I mean, I'm going to take it. So, how I, close I like to healthy are fighting. you right now? And we're talking when I say we're talking about the Rays here. So, this is one. This might be the only Rays fan you ever know. <laughs> uh, and so, tell me, like, how are you? Like, come September one, how healthy does it look like you're going to be? Oh, we're going to be very healthy. That's why I hope we make the playoffs. I mean, not only – like right now, we have Taylor Walls, who's great defensively, but he can't hit. So he's a switch hitter who can't hit from either side. So I don't understand why he's a switch hitter. But, <laughs> I mean, but he's going to be basically in a backup role because we're going to have Juan DeFranco back. Now, he had a little bit of a setback. Well, he's basically they said he, he just felt soreness in his hand, his surgically repaired wrist. So it's just going to come down to him being comfortable because they said nothing was wrong with it. It's not like he re-injured or, or anything like that. So – We'll have him, who's also good defensively, but he can hit at shortstop. Well, you know, we just got Brandon Lau back. Um, Yandy Diaz has been unbelievable, uh, you know, for the last, or well, really all season, but it's definitely the last three or four weeks. Um, you know, Manuel Margot will be back tomorrow. You know, uh, Tyler Glass now, who everybody kind of forgot about. Well, he threw the, he's throwing a live uh, batting practice tomorrow. Um, you know, so we're we're really getting healthy, and then we have Nick Anderson, who's basically been out since April. One of our top relievers, who should be back. He's he's already pitched. I think it's been like six or seven minor league games down in Durham. So um, come September, I think we're going to be you know at at full full go. And I mean, to me, that's scary. But I, I also you know I'm a homer, so. Okay, so now let let because I, I still I I should be better at this. I just. This new playoff format, if you finish with the best record of all the wild cards, who will you play? Um, if I, so if I play, I would play the third. I would either play, the, I think I play the second wild card. 
you because played a second wild card in the, winner, the lowest yeah, the record, third, the, the third right. division winner with the uh, the division winner with the third best record plays number three. So I think one plays two uh, okay. of the wild cards, and so, they're all at the they're all going to be at the home stadium of whoever's got the best record, right? And best two out of three in that first round, correct? And so right now, I kind of think it's going to be the Mariners and the Rays in a best two out of three? Well, um, I mean, I think so, too. I mean, the Blue Jays, now, again, the Blue Jays Could be the Blue Jays. decided they want to play baseball yesterday. So, um, you or, know, and, I mean, or, we have, or I were they just playing the Yankees? Left. Say that again? Or were they just playing the Yankees? Oh, that's true. But we still have six games. I think we still have six left with the Yankees, six with the Blue Jays, uh, Six with the Red Sox. So, I mean, there's still a lot, you know, a lot that can be determined. I don't know if I want to play the Mariners, though. But do you want to play the Blue Jays? Oh, I'd rather play the Blue Jays. I don't want to play the Mariners. Because for the Blue Jays, there's just one guy we can't get out. And it's a simple solution. Just don't pitch to him. Biggio, we can't get that guy out. By the way, Elvis Elvis Andrus got picked up by the White Sox yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, I did. But the good thing is I don't think we have any more games with the White Sox because we can't get that guy out either. <laughs> yeah, Speaking of infielders, we can't get out. <laughs> anyway, it, it's going to be interesting. If you had not given up that grand, you know, walk-off grand slam in the 10th the other night, things would be really interesting right now. Yeah, and I mean, it, and it's one of those things where we came back and we still won yesterday, you know, but I'm still not over that game just because – of how we lost. I mean, yes, it's blowing awful. a four a four run lead, then in the tenth scoring three runs, and then you give up a walk on grand slam. It's just all right. The, before the, I let you go, what are you most forward to? What is it that is most important? I should say for you to see tonight with the Saints game. Um, uh, I, I would say Trevor Penning in, in pass protection. Um, because I, I, you know, I felt all along that he was going to be the starter at left tackle, even before Hurst, you know, came up. Uh, Gimpy in uh, this week earlier this week in practice with the Packers. I still I believe since the moment they drafted Penning that they that he was going to be the the left tackle um, in week one, and I still feel that way. Just large in part because I think they value Hurst being able to move around. Um, so even if he's healthy, uh, you know I, I think that's going to be Hurst's role. But I want to see Penny, um, and then. After that, I, I think it's—I mean, really, the running backs. You know, I—I I, I just can't. I just—I am not a Dwayne Washington guy. I just. Well, you hate him way worse than I do. Say, say it you, again. You hate him way worse than I do. Oh yeah, I've never—I've never—I'm not a Dwayne Washington guy. I mean, look, I get it. Special teams, I, I understand, but I just want to point out that Kevin White has been on the first team as a gunner. And he was down twice last last week and didn't make a tackle. So does that mean we should keep we should keep Kevin White because no, no. he, he plays special no. teams? No. Even though he did catch the ball while they said the it Ke- in Green Bay. Uh the Kevin White days are over. Let's not <laughs> let's stop talking about Kevin White. Well, I just want to know what do you think well what's your like how do, based off of what you predicted in the preseason, how are you looking in uh well, I was looking you know, for it. I was looking for all of it. Obviously, I picked the Rays to win the division. 
Uh, I picked the White Sox to win the division and the Astros to win the division and the Mariners to be a wild card. I think I'm going to get that that part right. But I think I had Boston as the third wild card, which is still possible, but I don't know if that's going to happen. And, gotcha. and, and gotcha. so uh, I'm, I think I'm kind of mostly correct, but not necessarily in the same order. Of course, we don't even know what the order is going to be yet. We just think we know. Now, so. as a baseball historian, do you think, like, is this is this slump for the Yankees, is that good? Being that it's happening, you know, like they still have time. They, well, it's, yeah, game. it's better now than at the very end, yes. But I but I think they have – if I was a Yankee fan, I wouldn't be so mer- much worried about the wins and losses. I'd be worried about, really, wh- how, how are they going to solve their bullpen issues? Like, I, don't, I don't know how they're going to solve them. I just don't, and I don't know if they're starting rotations deeper. I just don't know if it's fixable. Man, well, I hope you're right. But I tell you what, you can have Jose Siri. I love, I love his personality, but, man, this cat, he swings for the fences. Oh, every pitch, and he cannot make contact. Cannot it's make man. contact. Can't and then against, against Chapman in that game, he strikes out. He, he got up. I think he was ahead in the count 2-0. And then he, he looked. He got a strike. And then he looked at two fastballs just right down the pipe. It's just he, he is. He is and something. He misplayed, he misplayed a play and a ball. Like, he didn't really give enough effort, I didn't feel, at going after a ball. Um, I think it was Rizzo who uh, doubled off the wall for their first run. I, I, I wasn't happy about that either. But hopefully he gets it together. But, man, he is not – he has not been very impressive. He, he will he will drive you crazy, no question. All righty, sir. Well, have a good one, Kevin. Take care. That's our good friend Eric Norsees, uh, who I work with at the Kadiana Advocate, and he is a you know been pulling for the race since they came into the league. It's been a rough season for them in a lot of ways, but they're hanging in there. And you know, I I said a couple years like I'm going to pick the Rays until they prove me wrong because I, I I you know I I beyond the old not picking the Rays thing. You know, it's like enough of that, not, you know, selling them short. And they've been really, really injured this year. But they're getting healthy, and maybe it's at the right time. We'll see how that plays out. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Kevin Foote is a walking, talking encyclopedia of New Orleans Saints history. No, seriously. After that is 2013, which I call the Forgotten Saints season because in so many people's mind, the Saints' streak of good football ended with the Bounty Gate season. And it's not just recent history either. In 88, they finished 10-6, and six, tied for first place in the division, did not make the playoff because they got cheated by a blind official named Fred Silver who absolutely cheated, uh, stole a game on Sunday night in a 13-12 loss to the Giants with his either blindness, ineptness, or cheating or whatever you want to call it. I think he was just blind and senile. We return to the man who's forgotten more Saints history than you will ever know. Kevin Foote. And footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706 011 
706-0111. Want to remind you, if you have not signed up at the game clubhouse and become eligible for Astro Weekend Getaway, you need to do it. We're getting closer. Saturday, August the 27th, which means it's going to be a a week from tomorrow. Astros will play the Orioles. You could win four four tickets to the game, a tour of Minute Maid Park, hotel, excuse me, and hotel accommodations that Saturday evening. Astro Weekend Getaways powered by Butcher Air Condition, La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game. All right. Eric brought up predictions um, for the for the Major League Baseball season, and they um, pretty sure. Well, I know I picked the Phillies, so I picked the wrong team. I, I, I had the I had the Braves. I remember saying I, I believe in medicine season, so I'm going to stick to that. The Braves will be a wild card, but they won't win the division. And that might still happen. They're three games out in second place with 40-something to go. Uh, they might still finish second. So I might get that point right, but I picked their own team. I was going back and forth. Phillies, Mets, Phillies, Mets. And I just – I didn't trust the Mets offensively or the health of DeGrom to be able to to go with the Mets, and I picked their own team, it's looking like. Uh, although I still think the Phillies could make the playoffs, theoretically. They, they still could. We'll see how, how that plays out. I picked the Brewers over the Cardinals, and – uh, it's not over, but it's not looking like I'm going to get that one right either. So we'll see how how that picked. But I had them all both in the playoffs. It's just didn't have them. Um, you know, I might, I might. And of course, it's. I think they're like. I think the Brewers are like three out. So it's not like they can't possibly catch them. We'll see how how, how that plays out. I'm very angry with the Cardinals right now because I. I picked Paul Goldschmidt last year, and he was he had an awful year, and then this year he wants to act like he's an MVP pig but anyway um the game hotline is 7060111 i say all that to say i kind of made a little progress but not really much in, in nfl predictions and when you look at the nfc it's i i have one of my little theories or things that i say it's not really a theory it's just kind of something i say is is a red flag. I call it a, the red flag. A red when something looks so obvious in a competitive situation, a red flag should go up. Like something's just not right. It's just too good to be true. It looks too easy to be true. There's something that's about to happen that's gonna just. This is just too clear cut. It looks too chalky. I just, and I feel that way about the NFC. I mean, the NFC just, as of right now, again, doesn't mean you're going to be right. We're just talking about predictions. It just looks too easy to predict. Like, in the East, it just looks like the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Commanders. In the North, it looks too easy. Packers, then the Vikings, then the Lions, and the Bears. In the South, now, I'm trying to determine whether I'm going to pick the Saints or not because I really think the Saints are going to be better than most people think they're going to be. But right now, the safe pick is 
Yucks, Saints, Arnolds, Falcons. It's pretty easy. Like, it, it. and then in the West, I'm really thinking about picking the cheaters, I got to tell you. But the easy pick for the vast majority of people is Rams, cheaters, Cardinals, then the Seahawks. Like, it just looks so easy. And can it really be that I I don't know. History tells me that's a red flag. The NFC's a red flag. There's somebody that we're either thinking it's going to be really good who's going to be really bad and shock a bunch of people or somebody who we think is going to be mediocre to bad that's going to turn out to be really good. And I just don't see it in the NFC. So it's almost too easy looking to predict the NFC this year. And it, nothing's ever that easy. So that I I, I don't I, it's kind because it seems so easy. It's kind of unsettling to me. I can't figure it out. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Yes, uh, Dixon, uh, the receiver, uh, Dejon Dixon. Uh, think he has a chance to make this team, or you look at him as more of a practice squad or another team, possibility of another team swooping him up. Oh no! I think they'll. I think they'll try to protect him. I mean, I guess that's always possible. Yeah, the other team scooping him up is is possible. But no, I don't think he'll make the top five. Uh, I think he'll be on the practice squad unless, like you said, another team picks him up. What about a a salary cap casualty? Like Smith, I know. I know everyone uh, always talk about Saquon Smith blocking. You know that's very important. You know on running plays, just important. That's in particular. so I guess that's he's valuable in that market. But yes. um, yeah, Dixon, man, like you said, man, Dixon. I think I like I think he can play in this league. Yes, you know? yes, so I like. Uh, some of the, I'm sure you know off the field issues, and um, I don't know. He's a prototypical receiver, but um, I like to see how he does tonight. You know, against the uh, Packers, and that's all I have to add. And uh, thank you. Thank you for the call. No, I think Dixon is one of the guys to, to certainly look at. He had a nice little, I don't know, seemed like in about a two or three series stretch, he caught two or three passes and looked smooth doing it last week uh, against the Texans. So I I don't think, you know, a lot of people were high on Dixon, uh, the wide receiver from Nichols, and I don't think he's really disappointed. I just think the Saints in, in very unsaint-like fashion – it, or look like they're going to be pretty deep at receiver if everybody stays healthy. But uh, no, uh, he he's not the only one. There's several receivers in the, in this depth chart that are like, man, they'd be making the team last year. And again, I think so many people are just totally forgetting about, or mostly forgetting about. Well, they, he now calls his name. Uh, Hardy, uh, you know, I've I've been so high on him, and the Saints have not been able to take full advantage of Deontay Hardy because of injuries, because of a lack of, you know, quarterback issues and injuries the last two years, because of lack of depth on the offensive line. I mean, on, well, on the offensive line too, but at wide receiver, I meant to say, um, where he was, you know, 
became one of the top targets when he shouldn't have been. He should have been like the third or fourth target and therefore getting a lot more single coverage, not getting bracketed at all where he can make huge play after huge play. So I just do not think the Saints have been able to take advantage of him, his big playability, nothing like I think is possible. And I'm hoping that this year that really becomes a case. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've called him before poor man's Tyreek Hill and they just haven't gotten to that. I'm not saying he's as good as Tyreek Hill, but I think he can do a lot of those things. They just haven't been able to take advantage of it, and I'm hoping because of the depth on the uh, at wide receiver, they can do that this year. We'll, we'll, we will see. All right, let's go back to the game hotline and talk to Ralph. Hello. Hey, Kev, how you doing? I, I think with Dixon, uh, because I do think they like him a lot, I think you might see him mysteriously get an injury uh, in the last preseason game and go on IR because I – I, with the rash of injuries at wide receiver that I, and a lot of teams needing wide receivers, I don't think you clear waivers. I really don't. Um, so you know yeah. you, what you're saying makes sense, but it, hasn't it always amazed you over the years that guys like that end up clearing waivers? Like really promising. I, I'm a, amazed every year how many really promising rookies who go who end up on the Saints practice squad end up clearing waivers. I don't. It always surprises me every year. Yeah, and I think a lot of you know teams prefer to keep their own guys that they waive because of the familiarity with the playbook. But I think in in, in hit, it's just one of those years where I just think you have a lot of teams that need some receivers. I mean, and 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 uh, look, I'm gonna tell you what: if 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 a promising young you know left tackle gets waived, we better snatch him up with with the de- you know or not left. I mean, just tackle. Period. With the um, you know, the possibility of injuries and the lack of depth we have right now in the offensive line. But uh, I, 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 that's just my thoughts that they might try to try to come up with one of those Blake Gillikin injuries, you know, when they stashed him away on. That, uh, that's one course. of the things that went into the cheater thing. They, 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 they're the ones that taught the league that they, they, they were real good <laughs> at that years ago. Yes. Hey, you know, you got to, you got to do what you got to do. You ain't cheating, you ain't right? trying, as they say, yes, sir. But, no, I'm, I'm with you tonight. I wonder, you know, I'm just curious whether – I think Dalton, I think he might play one, one series possibly. Um, I don't want to see Book the whole game. Not not to say that he would even have a chance, but you think they might throw Costello in there for a series of two? Yeah, in the fourth quarter, but, I mean, it's just oh, it's just most of the no, night. No, we don't need to keep – We look, we keep it two quarterbacks and – with Batman as a you know an option, if you if you have to go that way, it doesn't make a sense to to just spend a roster spot on on a third quarterback this year. You got depth at other positions, and you got needs at other positions. I mean, it makes makes no sense. But yeah, I, I you know with with Hardy, man, I'm I'm man, you know, I was so excited to read the other day that he had got open deep twice, you know, two times in a row against the Packers, and then of course in book tank can't connect you know I mean he it's just amazing I mean amazing to me that Sean Payton loved this guy you know and they I heard one of the Saints beat reporters say that if Sean Payton were to coach next year he would bring Ian Book on on his squad he loved him that much that's unbelievable Casper I don't I don't get it yeah (laughs) quitter yeah thanks hang in there have Have a a nice weekend you too okay YouTube, uh, really need to follow up on that, but we don't have time. We will, for now, take a timeout and be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
Welcome back to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you to join the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today where you could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse, a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, or a $50 gift certificate to Acadiana Bar and Grill. Can't win any of these great prizes or others if you don't join the game clubhouse. So do so today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. All right. I want to get to the point that Ralph brought up in the last segment. For many, many years, the Saints only did two quarterbacks on the roster. And obviously, for the va- until the very end of his career, Drew Brees was extremely durable, and all of that made total sense. And, and those of you who have been listening to me the last two years, I'm totally sold and comfortable with Jameis being the Saints starting quarterback and want him to be. But he, he does have a recent history of being injury. In fact, my biggest concern about him is not throwing interceptions. It's not leadership. My biggest concern by far is, has he become injury prone? And I, and I hope that's not the case. It's possible, certainly, that it's not the case, and I very much hope it's not the case. But I wonder, as Ralph said it, because I've thought about this before, the wisdom of the two or or the danger or the risk value of going with the two-quarterback system that the Saints did for a long time where you only keep two quarterbacks because, if he's injury-prone. Now, the kind of, I guess you could say, an insurance blanket that they have is even though he's no longer a quarterback and he's not practicing at quarterback – Obviously, Batman, to get you out of a game, could go play quarterback. Now, he would be even more limited than he was last year because he's not even practicing. But theoretically, he could get you out of a game. It wouldn't be like, you know, Kendall Hinton playing quarterback against the Saints a couple years ago. It wouldn't be, you know, they've always said that C-28 would be that emergency guy. Well, he's a great athlete, but I don't want him to play quarterback. I mean, Batman could at least be that guy to get you through a game and you could pick up someone in the middle of the week if you needed to. So it is a little bit trickier and scarier to me, even with Batman on the roster, to do the two-quarterback thing now because of his recent injury history. Uh, And hopefully it's a bunch of talk about nothing and he's not injury-prone and none of that happens. But just something in the back of my mind that I thought about when Ralph said that. All right, appreciate it. All the phone calls, y'all have a safe, happy weekend.